Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. Hey, good morning, Eastridge. So glad you're here today. Happy Father's Day again to all our fathers. I'm glad that you're here today. Hey, I'm going to ask everybody to grab a Connect card. There's a Connect card in the seat back in front of you. And if you would get one of those, we ask everybody to fill out one of these, whether you're first-time guest, regular tender, we're not coming by your house or anything like that. Um, just want to send you some information about the church. And it's got some next steps uh, there um, to the right of the front. And then if you flip it over on the back, it has some prayer requests. We'd love to pray with you about whatever's going on in your life and then some serving opportunities, some ways to connect here at Eastridge through serving. And I'm going to ask you to go ahead and fill that out. I'm going to tell you what's what's coming up here at Eastridge. Uh, super excited. It seems like uh, we're getting more and more things on the calendar. And so I've got some stuff. On June 28th, we have our Dive Deeper. We've been walking through the book of Acts, uh, talking about being a witness, and, and each month uh, during the series, we've had a Dive Deeper. This is a Q&A where we've had different staff members talking about things that we could not cover on Sunday morning, and actually, you've been able to ask questions. It's, it's interactive. You can uh, go in there and ask questions on this day, but that's June 28th. Uh, you can go to our Eastridge app or to the webpage for more information. Also, July 4th is a Sunday this year, and we are doing one family service. One family service means we're all going to be in here together, going old school, going to be in here together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, trust me. I know you're going, how are we going to do that? We're going to do it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, one family service uh, here at 930 on both campuses. Uh, that's going to that's take place. And then finally, uh, we've been uh, wanting and working on getting our teen ministry back here. And if you notice, we've got a big uh, table out there, and we've got a big guy out there. His name's Israel. And uh, we've got an event coming up this Wednesday night at the East Campus. They're, they're, they've got a movie night uh, for all uh, students, uh, 12 through uh, I'm assuming 6th through 12th grade, but you can see Israel. He's out there at the table if you have any uh, questions and want information, but that's coming up as well. And so I'm excited that we're getting some things coming up and, and just everything that's going on. And I'm going to transition into a time of offering. Each week we receive an offering. And James says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And I thought on Father's Day, we celebrate that we've got a Father who's been really good to us. That He's been good to us, that He is uh, giver of all good gifts. And you hear me say this almost weekly. We give back out of our love for God. Not out of obligation or guilt or anything like that. And certainly there are times when we may have that tension, but it's because of what He has done in our lives. We give back out of gratitude. And so you can give online or through text, uh, but we're going to receive the offering in just a moment. I'm going to pray for it and ask the ushers to come forward. God, thanks for just being a great Heavenly Father. Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We celebrate that today. I celebrate these dads. I celebrate you being our dad. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, receive these gifts just as a sign of our love and our appreciation for what you've done in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
word of the day. Dude. The word dude has hundreds of different meanings depending on how you say it. For example, you can say, dude, did you see Michelle's new record? Or, dude, can I borrow your bodacious boombox? Or you could say, it's time to sign up for a box of VBS supplies, dude. There's almost no limit to the number of ways to use the word dude. Eighties. Who's who's eighties? All right, here we go. We got one eighties person. I don't know. The rest are like, what is eighties? What are they talking about? Anyway, VBS is coming up. Uh, all the information's on the the web page or the app. But we're excited about that eighties VBS, and we're gonna we're gonna teach some kids some things that they never knew about the eighties. So glad you're here today. We've been in this series called Witness. We actually have this week and next week, and we will be uh, wrapped up with the series. And it's been really good. Uh, where we've just Walk through the book of Acts, taking Acts 1-8 as the uh, kind of the premise that Jesus said, and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. Now, witness is someone who tells what they've seen, what they've heard, what, what, what they've experienced. And so we walked through this series, and then the last three weeks we introduced Who's Your One, where we are actually praying about and committing that we are going to tell someone about Jesus Christ this year. And we put names on the cross right here. We've got baskets on each side of the stage. That if you have a name in the seat back in front of you, there, there is um, a, a card that you can write their name on it. We'll put it on the cross. And then when they receive Christ, we put them over here. And we've actually got two names uh, from the last two weeks where people have accepted Christ. Somebody's one has received Christ. I'm going to tell you a story about it, it was really nobody's one. But somebody received Christ, it's really cool that we've been doing our online service for a long time. And online service, there's really hard to tell who's watching and how long they're watching because we, we don't know. Like you could just click on it. We, we do know when people click on it. We don't know how long they stay on there. Is everybody with me on this? So I don't want you to think it's Big Brother's not watching. I just want you to know that. Why did you get off there? Was I saying something wrong? Anyway, we're not doing that. Well, anyway, last week at the East Campus, this guy shows up. And he lives in Buford. He's been watching us online from Buford, Georgia. And he shows up, and, he, and the first thing he says, he, he, he meets Pastor Scott, who, who is predominantly the speaker for the online service. And he says, man, I finally get to meet you. And Scott's like, do I know you? <laughs> Have we met? Because yeah, that's always the pastor's fear. Do I know you? Yeah, we met last Sunday. Okay, yeah, I remember. Anyway, so. Your name's Big Smooth. Anyway, so. <laughs> That guy came to church and received Christ last Sunday. He was nobody's one, but he received Christ. And so this whole thing about being a witness and that people need Jesus, we're seeing this more and more. And today, the last couple of weeks have been really practical. Today is super practical. It's all about practical, about helping you tell someone about Christ. And so we're going to talk about the whole concept, and we talked about this before, is that don't be afraid. Because what happens is, is that we talk about being a witness. Immediately, you start with these thoughts about fear. Some of this is from the enemy. Some of this is from our own insecurities. 
that we we talked about this uh, several weeks ago. One of our greatest fears, what we admit or not, we fear rejection. We nobody likes the rejection of any part of our life. We fear rejection. And so this whole concept of, 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 of don't be afraid, don't be afraid when it comes to rejection, don't be afraid of opposition, don't be afraid uh, because you think you don't know enough, don't be afraid because you might look stupid. And so we're going to walk that. But before we do that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through some fears. Top fears, top fears. And uh, I got these off the internet, so they've got to be true. So anyway, so top fears, top 10 fears right now. Number 10, fear the dark. Anybody scared of the dark? Okay, we got a couple. The rest of you are liars, but it's all good. You know, we're in church. Number nine, fear of water. People are fear of water, fear of swimming, fear of the ocean, fear of drowning. I was surprised this made the top ten. Number eight, claustrophobic. Anybody here claustrophobic? Okay, we have a few more hands, some submission. Nobody wants to admit they're scared of the dark. That's a big sissy, isn't it? But anyway, fear, fear, fear of being claustrophobic, that's, that's good. Yeah, I, I don't really like being in tight spaces either. Anyway, so get away from me today. So, okay, so fear of vomit. Number seven is fear of vomit. Anybody afraid of vomit? Like when you see vomit, you just can't function. Now, some people are like this. They're like, somebody throws up and, uh, you know, Leslie's always been pretty good with the vomit. I'm, I'm okay too. Um, you, you know, I'm, we've never been one like, you do, I can't do it. No, I've seen people like, I can't do it, I can't do it. But anyway, it just, we just kind of, when you have four kids, you just do it. So, how about this one? Fear of heights. Anybody here afraid of fear of heights? Look at this picture right here. That is our own, that is our own Jason Rowletter who's running the cafe this morning. That is the Grand Canyon. That is crazy. That, that is that is absolutely crazy. I don't know who is more scared. He or Holly said she was taking the picture. She was shaking so bad. Saying, don't do that, don't do that. And there was a big sign saying, don't cross, but Jason did it anyway. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> Number five, fear of clowns. Anybody afraid of clowns? Oh, we got some, some, I hear you, some takers on that. I'm not afraid of them. I've never been a big fan, but anyway, but if you're a clown, we love you, and uh, there's a place for you in heaven, so anyway, so. <laughs> fear of spiders, number four, fear of spiders. Anybody spiders? Okay, well, not, not too many. All right, this, the last, two of the last three are interesting. Number three, these are just coming, is fear, fear of different people. Fear of people that are different than us. Now, that's interesting because immediately you're sizing someone up. You're like, they're different than me. They don't look like me. They don't act like me. But this has become a fear that people see somebody that's different than them, they become scared. They're not like me. And you know what's funny about that? Is I think that that is one of the biggest fears of people not wanting to come to church. Because they think the people in here are not like them, and then they come in here and realize that the people in here are way more messed up than they are. And it kind of relaxes them. Number two, fear of speaking in public. Now, is this anybody's fear? This is always funny to me, man. You, you know, you, you want to make a man freeze up asking to pray out loud. Who's your prayer? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that your job? Yeah, yeah. Man, we don't, we don't want to speak in public. Um, start to get really nervous. And the last one, this is the number one fear, and I can see this now, and it's because of COVID. It is the fear of public places that people have feared. Now, I think that's changing. We, we were isolation so long that we, we're, we'll do anything to be in public places. But this fear of public places, don't want to be in public, scared, uh, everything like that. 
But I want to transition and talk to just about your fear and sharing the gospel. That what I want you to see is that there's always going to be this tension of fear. That whenever you do anything for the Lord, there's always a tension. There's a tension of, I'm going to look stupid, or I may be rejected, or this may not work out, because it's really out of your control. We don't save anybody. You and I don't have that power. We don't save anybody. We just tell people about Jesus. And even when things are going good, you may think, well, this, this just happens to me. I'm the only one who struggles with this. That's not true. And so I want to share the Scripture with you from Acts. And this is the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul has started all these churches. He's, man, he's, I don't know how many people have come to faith because of him, but it's a lot. He wrote most of the New Testament. And if you want to know who Paul is, he was a guy who persecuted and killed Christians. He has this encounter, this experience with Jesus Christ, totally changes his life, and he becomes a follower of Christ. But what's funny is, is even in the midst of a lot of people coming to faith, it says, then he left and went to the home of Titius and Je Titius Justus, a Gentile who worshiped God and lived next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and everyone in the household believed in the Lord. Many others in Corinth also heard Paul, became believers, and were baptized. Now I'm going to stop. Hold that right there. Or, or, or we can go forward. Okay, whatever. Whatever the Lord leads you to do. Things were going really well. People were coming to faith. It's not like Paul is doubting that people are going to accept Christ. Like he's facing rejection, opposition, everything like that. But, but, but the message, the gospel, people are being saved. So it's not like that's not going on. What's going on, good things are happening. But then we get this right here. And then one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, don't be afraid. Because... We all struggle with fear when it comes to doing things for the Lord. That if we're honest today, there is this tension and fear that I might not do it right, that people might reject me, that I really don't know enough, I'm going to look stupid. And I told you about my, my, first, my first try at sharing the gospel with someone. I'd just gotten saved, and I had a best friend. I told you a story, but I knew nothing hardly about the Bible. I didn't. I, knew, I, knew, I started reading the Bible, and I told my best friend about Jesus Christ. About It was probably three weeks after I got saved, and he turned me upside down. I didn't know what. He started asking me about Buddha and Hinduism. I was like, I don't know. And I felt like a failure. And I'm, you talk about rejection. And I've told you a story. I thought it was an ultimate fail. I thought this is loser. Loser one-on-one. Six months later, he accepted Christ. And we all deal with this struggle and fear. So what we're going to do today is God's given us some equipment and He's given us the nerve. The nerve He gives us is the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in your life. If you're following Jesus Christ, the nerve, He gives us His nerve. But He also gives us two tools that we can use, two pieces of equipment, and it's our testimony and Scripture. And you've got a treat today because you're going to get to hear someone share how they tell their story, someone share how they use Scripture to tell someone about Jesus.
Now, I've got a guy that's really good looking, um, and uh, he's super talented. Uh, It's our own Cameron Moore. I'm going to ask you to watch the screen in this first one. One of my favorite ways to share the gospel is sharing my story, sharing my God story, my testimony, what the Lord has done in my life, how He saved me, and what He saved me from. And it's a story that has been able to come up uh, naturally here recently because I've been encouraged to ask other people, whether they're believers or unbelievers, hey, what's your story? Um, I ask them, you know, where are you from and how did you get here in Covington, Georgia, or wherever you are, where are you from? And how did you get here to this point today? What's your story? And over the time that I've been asking that question to others, I hear many interesting life stories. But one of the questions that comes back most often to me, they always come back and they say, what about you? What's your story? If you're a believer, if we're believers in Jesus Christ, then we should not be able to share any part of our story and not talk about Jesus. I can't talk about my life without talking about the Lord. And depending on who I'm with or what type of person I'm with, what we've been talking about, I might share uh, a different snippet of my story. I might focus more on this part, or if I'm sharing it with that person, depending on what we're talking about, I might focus more on that part. Uh, But a great place to get started when you're sharing your story is just to start with these three things. Three things that you might want to include every time you share your story, but just start here. One, you want to talk about uh, who you were, what your life was like before you met Jesus. And you want to mention when you met Him, when you surrendered your life to Him. And you want to talk about what your life has been like since you met Jesus and since you've been following Him as Savior and as Lord. So what I want to do right now is just share almost an abbreviated version of my story with you to give you an example of just keeping those three things in focus when you go to share your story with others. So here it is. I was born and raised here in Covington, Georgia, and really have been in Georgia most of my life. I was born into a Christian family, and actually, as most of you know, I was born into a pastor's family. And so Christian values the truth of God's Word, the truth of Jesus Christ, and what He's done for us, who He is to us. They've kind of been impressed, uh, impressed upon me since I was, uh, really since I was a baby, since as long as I can remember. And really, I don't remember a time where I didn't believe or I didn't acknowledge the Lord. He's always been part of my life. But when I was seven years old, I learned what, what baptism was and that baptism is a next step. It's after you believe in Jesus Christ and know that he's your savior, you confess him as Lord, then you're baptized, baptized into Jesus and baptized into the church. It's this, it's this public profession of faith. So at seven years old, I was like, well, that's what I need to do. And and so my dad, he, he baptized me at a church picnic and that's when everybody knew I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm surrendering my life to him as a seven-year-old. Well, the funny thing about surrendering your life as a seven-year-old is there's not really a whole lot uh, to surrender, uh, not really a whole lot of sins that you've experienced since then. Uh, but uh, maybe I tried obeying my parents a little bit more. But as I grew older, I realized it's not just a, a one-and-done surrender It's living a life of surrendering constantly to Jesus as Lord. And so as I got older, uh, sin and temptation came into my life, sin that God had to deal with. And there were several times where even though I knew Jesus was Savior, I didn't really want Him to be Lord. 
I didn't want Jesus to be Lord over and above my pride. I wanted my pride to be Lord or, or lust. I didn't want Jesus to be Lord over and above my lust. I wanted lust to be Lord. Or recently, one thing I feel like I've been surrendering to the Lord is laziness. I want laziness to be Lord in my life. Maybe it's because I have two kids now. I'm one fresh out of the oven, but, uh, and I know some of you have way more than two, but uh, y'all are crazy. But <laughs> I just wanted laziness to be Lord my life. And Jesus is saying no to all those things and countless others. No, live a life of surrender. It's constant surrender. And I hope the people I work with, the people I'm around, my family, my kids would be able to look at me today and say, I'm not the same person I am today as I was yesterday. And I know I'm not the same person I am today as I was last year or five years ago. And that's the thing with Jesus, you're committed to living a life of surrender, a life marked by surrender. He has changed me and he is changing me and he saved me. Guys, it's that simple. And it's telling your story to share the gospel and just telling that story, however God has saved you, whatever he has done in your life, it's a powerful way to show the gospel to others. In the next video, I want to share with you just how to follow up that conversation, sharing your story with others, or how to follow it up with scripture and using those scriptures to clearly present the gospel. I want you to repeat after me. It's very simple. Three words. Repeat this. What's your story? You say it with me. What's your story? Here's the deal. That's all you got to do. You ask somebody, hey, what's your story? How did you get here? Where are you from? What's your story? And nine times out of ten they're going to reciprocate back and say, well, what's your story? And then you simply get to tell them what's your story. And here's the good news about both these videos you're going to see. The resources, the reason why we're doing this is the resources, they will live on the webpage or on the Eastridge app. So if you wanted to go back and go, what were the three things that Cameron talked about? Life before Christ, what, 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 what were they? And you're like, there's no way I can remember that. Yes, you can because you can go back and look at it. What's your story? Listen to me. Hear me. Look, you got a story. You got a story that's unique. You have a story that's powerful. You don't have to have been on drugs, but maybe you were. You don't have to come from a broken home, but maybe you were. You don't have to have been raised in a Christian home, but maybe you were. Your story is powerful. Tell your story. Tell your story. Just simply tell your story. If you read the book of Acts, that's kind of what they did. They told their story. And they told me about Jesus Christ. That's all you have to do. That's all I have to do is we just simply, we're going to tell our story. But before we just run up to somebody and tell our story, we're going to ask them, what's your story? We're going to listen. And they'll reciprocate, then we'll get to share. Well, the second part of this is that we're going to use Scripture. And I've been saying in the whole series all along that it's not as complicated as you, as you might think it is. And I know a lot of times you talk about using Scripture, people start backing up. And I said, hey, you don't have to have a ton of Scriptures. You don't have to have the whole Bible memorized. And, and, but here's the truth, and this is what we've been leading towards. You do need some Scripture. You need some. 
And in your chair is an outline of some scripture that you could use. John 3.16, Romans 10.9. It's on a little card right there. You, we want to help you. We want to give you this, this uh, equipment to, to, so that you can share your faith and feel confident uh, of, of, to the most of your ability, trusting in God's Word. Because it's God's Word that convicts us. It's God's Word that leads us. And so Cameron's going to show you a video of how to use Scripture to back up your testimony. So let's watch the screen. Using Scripture to share the gospel is one of the most effective, one of the most clear ways that you can articulate what God has done and how we should then respond to Him. Uh, how we should live in relationship with Him, with Him being the Lord of our life. And the way you can do this is by simply reading these verses, the following verses I'm going to share with you. Just read them with whoever it is that you're sharing the gospel with. And maybe after each one, just briefly pause and in your own words, explain what that verse means. Or you could even hand your Bible uh, over to the person you're sharing with and have them read the verses with you. They'll read each verse, and after each one, again, just briefly pause and explain what that verse means. But I want to do this with you right now. I just want to read through these verses, and they're all found in the book of Romans all throughout, and we call it uh, the Romans Road. And it's just four different verses, and each one clearly describes uh, just one element of the gospel and how we should then respond to the Lord and what he has done on behalf of the world. So we start right here in Romans 3. And even though this is good news, even though this is the gospel of Jesus, it starts sounding like not so good news. But Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, all of us. I've sinned. Every one of us has sinned and fallen short. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done or not done. It doesn't matter if you think some sins are worse than others or if you think some people are way better or way worse than others. Every single one of us has sinned and we therefore fall short of the glory of God. Then we flip to Romans 6.23 and it tells us what the wages of that sin, the payment for that sin is. 623 says, for the wages of sin is death. To turn away from the Lord, which is what sin does to us, it turns us away. To turn away from the Lord is to turn toward death. If he is the giver of life, if God is life, if he is the creator of all life, to turn away from that life is to turn toward death. The wages of sin, the payment for sin, the wages of turning away from the Lord is death. That's only the first half of that verse, Romans 6, 23. The second half says this. This is the good news. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God. It's a free gift. If it's not free, then it's not a gift. It is a free gift of God to us. That's eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's free for us, but it wasn't free for him. Listen to the cost of that gift what it cost the Lord, what he did for us. We flip to Romans 5, 8, which is the third verse we're looking at. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If the wages for that sin is death, Christ is the one that took that death upon himself. We didn't die. Christ died for 
us. He died for us while we were sinners, not while we were good people, not while we were trying to love God, while we were sinners. He went to the cross for the Pharisees when they were saying, crucify him, crucify him. He went to the cross for the Roman soldiers when they were putting nails in his hands and feet. He went to the cross for his disciples after they left him, deserted him, denied him. He went to the cross for a world that didn't know him or love him while we were sinners. God demonstrates this great love for us while we were sinners. Christ died for us. How do we respond to such great love? Romans 10, 9. Look at Romans 10, 9, which is the last verse, the fourth verse. And it says this. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe in this testimony of scripture that Jesus died and was raised to life on the third day, and you confess openly out loud with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And after sharing these verses with whoever it is that you're sharing them with, ask them this question. What do you think about that? And listen to them. But don't leave that conversation without then saying, God is calling every one of us to respond. So how are you gonna respond? And maybe they don't respond right then, or maybe they do respond and they say, I don't believe. Um, I don't believe in what you shared and uh, I don't believe in Jesus. And you know what? Many people have responded like that. But maybe they respond, I do believe. I know that I need those verses. I know that I need Jesus as Savior and Lord of my life. And I confess him as Lord. And if they do, man, pray right then and there. Man, pray to the Lord. And maybe you'll use this card, which is going to be a tool that we're giving you guys very soon. But it's a prayer uh, on this card. And it might be the first prayer that they ever get to pray as a believer, as someone who has confessed Jesus as Lord. And, and know that this prayer doesn't save anyone. Handing them this card and them praying this prayer, it doesn't save them. Jesus is still the one that saves. Man, but this is a great tool and a great prayer that they could pray as a first response to the Lord, their Savior. I want to read it to you today. God, I know that I'm a sinner in need of your grace. I've messed up and I want you to forgive me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to live a perfect life that I couldn't live. I believe he died on the cross, was buried and rose again so that I can be forgiven. God, forgive me, save me, come live in me and be the king of my life. A Amen. I want to walk through this very quickly. Could you remember four verses? I believe you could. I believe you are smarter in second service. I'm going to have to work with them some. But I believe you guys could do it. Four verses. Romans 3.23. All of it. It's very, very simple. And like Cameron said, people may not agree with you, and it's it's not it's not a debate. You don't have to get them to agree. You're just sharing scripture. Hey, I'd like to share some scripture with you. All of sin. Let the Lord do his work. Let the Holy Spirit do his work. The wages of sin is death. That we all have this propensity inside of us that we want to work for something. Well, the thing is, when it comes to the Lord, 
We can't work our way into heaven. We don't work our way into his goodness. We just can't. As a matter of fact, the work that we do ends in death. It does. It just ends in death. You can't be good enough, smart enough. You can't work hard enough. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. Work doesn't work. But the gift of God is life. This gift that God offers. And you can talk about receiving a gift. You ever received a gift? Yeah, sure you have. Somebody gives you a gift. You received a gift. Romans 5, 8. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. That God didn't wait for us to get our stuff together. You don't have to get your act together to come to Christ. He does that afterwards. He'll clean you up. He'll fix you up. He'll do whatever. Remodeling, repair needs to be done. But on the front end, it is just simply receiving the gift that Jesus Christ paid for on the cross. And then the last one, confess and believe. This whole thing that you can be saved today. Listen to me, hear me. I know we're walking through this that we're going to share with somebody else, but hear me. If this is you today, you can be saved today. You confess and you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, paid the penalty for your sins, and you want to place your trust in Him to save you, then you can be saved today. This Romans road has been used with millions of people. Millions of people have come to faith through that. But maybe, maybe you don't want to either use that. There, there's, there's a card in there. It's got three verses. Maybe three is better for you. One of them is John 3.16. One of them is Romans 10.9. You don't have to use this plan. But hear me. Share your story. But then follow it up with some Scripture. This is all done relationally. And I'm going to say something that's going to sound negative. I don't mean it to be. You got a card right there in front of you. Now there's going to be a temptation just to leave that card at a business or at a gas pump and put it there. And you know, I'm going to trust the Lord, whoever needs this. And look, there's something to be said for that. But hear me on this. Jesus Christ has called you and I to be witnesses. And witnesses don't leave cards laying on gas pumps. They go to their friends and their families, to their neighbors, to people on their ball team, the people they work out with. They go and they share Christ. They tell people about what Christ has done in their life and what He can do in theirs. So I'm going to close today just with a time of prayer, a chance for us. Maybe today is the day that you need to accept Jesus Christ. I'm not making any assumptions about where anybody's at. Maybe today is the day that you make the decision. You're going to share your story. You're going to use Scripture. You're going to go. You're going to be a witness. Let's pray together. Father, thanks for this day. Lord, I thank You for just a simple, clear presentation by Cameron of sharing our story. Lord, I pray for every person in this room to realize that they've got a story. And it counts. It matters. It can point people to you. And then, Lord, I pray that we would use Scripture. Romans Road, John 3, 16, it doesn't matter, but that we would, we would use Scripture and let your Word exhort, correct, convict, lead, 
people to place their faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we close this service, I just wonder, is there anybody here today that needs to accept Christ? If you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, would you raise your hand? Is there anybody? You've never done this. We would love to pray with you today. I'd love to celebrate that in your life. Anybody? All right. Father, thanks for this day. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, have a great week. See you. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you, and you have a family at East Ridge Church.